Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Father, indeed, take the stage and have your way. I am just your vessel. Fill me that I might minister to your children this morning. And when you're done through me, Lord, take the glory. All the glory belongs unto you. Speak to the hearts of each and every one this morning. Have a word, Father, for each and every one. Much more than I know how to articulate. Father, I ask that you minister to each and every child, each and every adult, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Um, so last week we started off by looking at some of the counsels of the Lord through the book of Ecclesiastes. And we touched on the first one. And that was part of us living out our purpose. You know, living out our purpose can only be achieved if we walk in the will of God. And the will of God is in his word. Isn't that so? Amen. You see, the sum total of the book of Ecclesiastes, or even any of the other books that has been inspired by God, is for us to reverence the word of God. It's for us to keep the commandments of God. And you see, in life, man is always yearning for a relationship. But you see, there is no relationship that is as sure as the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. Only in Him can we find true relationship. Every other relationship would have its commerce. Every other relationship would have its issues. Every other relationship would have its challenges. But the relationship that we have with our Father is sure. And that is why the Bible says he is dependable. We can depend on him. We can take his word as sure assurance. Hallelujah. You see, our money, our fame, any achievement that we have in life is only temporary. But the word of God is sure. And that's why Solomon says it's vanity. It's very temporal. I mean, the Bible says, even an earth shall pass away, but the word of God would remain for eternity. Amen. Hallelujah. So just to recap, you know, we read from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 8. It says, let thy garments be always white. And that's what we took as our theme for starting from last week. Let your garments always be white. I mean, let's just get this clear. It's a figure of speech. It's not to mean that we need to wear white every single day. Although there are people that do it, and there are people that wear white to church. You know, it just depends on how different people have decided to interpret the word of God. But it is actually a figure of speech. So just to make that clear. Hallelujah. And we looked at the first council last week. That council was for us as believers. We have a call to be careful. You see, if you're wearing white, 
you need to be careful. Why? So that you don't get stained. So that you don't get contaminated. And last week, I, I, I gave an illustr illustration. If you're wearing white and you decide to go to Brixton Market to go and buy peppers and buy palm oil and buy, you know, meat, what would happen? It's a matter of time before you get stained. I mean, there's a saying that, you know, if you don't want to get wet, don't go near water. If you don't want to get burnt, don't go near fire. So if you don't want to go get stained, you don't go near things that would get you contaminated or things that would get you stained. And we looked at that last week. You need to avoid anything that will soil your white garment. Wearing a white garment makes you conscious of your surroundings. And we looked at the scripture, you know, Proverbs 4.23 says, Guide your heart with all diligence. It's not God that needs to do it for it's us that needs to do that. We need to guide our hearts with all diligence, with whatever it takes. Guide your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. What we watch, where we go, what we say, the friends we have. Amen? You see, there's a man in the Bible that we all know about. Joseph. Joseph had, you know, he had an opportunity to soil his garment. And probably nobody would have known about it. But he decided he was not going to get his garment soiled. And it did not matter who was trying to contaminate him. It did not matter. The wife of the boss. The boss. I remember some years ago, I was in a job. And, I, and I've shared this testimony with us. I was asked to do something that was unethical. We had received money. Uh, no, we hadn't received money that had come in. But because it was the end of the financial year, I was asked, oh, would you record it as if we had received that money? So that the books would look good. And I remember my first phone call was to Stephen and to Will. And I said, I'm not doing it. And he says, definitely, mom, don't do it. And at that point, I thought, if I was going to lose my job, let me lose my job. But I carried, there was something that I was carrying and it was not going to be sold. I was wearing a white garment spiritually. And I was not prepared to get it soiled. A call to carefulness. We cannot afford to be careless. So we're going to look at another one this morning. It says, a call to consciousness and sensitivity. Being conscious that you are wearing a white garment makes you stand out. We don't need to look far before we now, we can see someone wearing white amongst, in, in our midst this morning. Because she stands out. It means you are noticed. As soon as mom came in, I noticed because she had a white garment on. 
you get noticed more than if you're wearing a multicolored outfit. Because you have a mark of distinction on you when you wear a white garment. There's something peculiar. There's something different. There's something unique about you. You see, white for most people is not an everyday outfit. So when you see someone wearing white, you know, you think, hmm, are they going somewhere? But you see, that's the same for us as believers. When you go anywhere, there has to be a difference in the way you talk, in the way you act, in the way you carry yourself, in the things you watch. Because you're different. You know, Paul puts it this way. Um, Galatians 6, 17. It says, from henceforth, from now. What is now for us? From the time you get born again. Not from today. From the time you, you made Christ the Lord of your life. It says, let no man, let no carnality, let nothing worldly. Let no poverty, let no sickness, let nothing that is ungodly, let nothing trouble me. Why? Because I bear the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ on the inside of me. Because I'm unique, because I am peculiar, because I have the DNA of God. And there are certain things that we will not do if we carry the DNA of God. I say the fact that 99% of the population does something does not make it right. You know, the thing is, when, when, if other people do things and get away with it, because you're a believer, you will not get away with it. Just because you carry the anointing of God, you carry the name of God. A good name is better than silver and gold. I learned that from my parents before I read it in the scripture. <laughs> Every time my mom would say, a good name is better than silver or gold. And back home, our parents are very particular about their name. You must not defile the name of the family. If you go somewhere and you do something, whose child is that? Mr. Sosuzo's child, oh, that's it, you're in trouble. Because those in the community will, be, will get to your parents and tell them, how dare you defile the name of your parents? But as believers, how dare us defile the name of our Heavenly Father? You see, this was Paul talking. He was talking to the Galatian church. He says he only glories in his Lord and Savior. Nothing else matters. So everything he's doing is to glorify God because he knows who he is. And for each one of us, we know who we are. And that's why the Bible says that we are chosen. We are chosen by who? By God. He has called us out of the Marie Clay. We are a royal priesthood. 
Each one of us, are, the Bible says we are the apple of his eyes. And that's why we don't all look the same. We don't all have the same height. We don't all have the same skin color. We are unique. God has called us unto his own. And that is why when we talk about living out our purpose, I said this a couple of weeks ago, what God, the, the gift that God has for each one of us is different. And that is why we cannot look at somebody else's gifts and decide that is how we're going to live out our purpose. Whatever it is God has called us to do, let us do it with all our strength. Hallelujah. And the Lord would help us. You see, there's something different about you. We're all chosen by God. We're God's special possession. And I just like that bit. Hallelujah. Psalm 139, verse 14. I'll just read this. It says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. That means there is nothing that God has made that is not good. We've been reading about it in the book of Genesis. Everything that God made is good. Every child that has, been, that has been given birth to has been given birth to because God has allowed it. You know, we have, you have people say, oh, well, the child was not wanted or the child was a BAS, whatever. There is no child that God has not wanted. The parents might not want the child, but God has created that child for a purpose. And oftentimes, when you look at it, it's that child that was not wanted. You know, how the Bible talks about the stone that the builders reject. Because everyone is unique in the eyes of God. Sensitivity means you cannot afford to live anyhow. You cannot afford to talk anyhow. Or to behave anyhow. You know, there was a time that I was at work, and this was years ago. And we were just having a, a normal chat. And all of a sudden, somebody said, oh, John, what did you say? And I said, what did I say? And the person said, oh, you swore. As soon as the person said that, everybody around said, nah, that's not possible. Why? Because that is not part of my vocabulary. I don't swear. There's something different. And there are other things that are unique with each and every one of you. Because you are God's special possession. And that thing that is unique in you is what God has called you to use to live out your purpose. Is it singing? Is it as a doctor? Is it as a chef? Is it as a nurse? Is it an, an engineer? 
You know, sometimes we say we fall into these professions, but even when we think we have fallen into those professions and we're doing very well, we're doing it for the glory of God. Because what would happen if we didn't have doctors or if we didn't have chefs or if we didn't have carers or nurses or engineers? And everyone can't be a doctor. Otherwise, where would the chefs be? Everyone can't be. Not even as close as they are in the medical field, you still need the nurses and you need the doctors. We have all been given gifts. And it's not just about spiritual gifts. We hear of people that use their jobs, you know, to minister. There are doctors that go to, to rural areas to reach out. They use, they use their profession and then they minister spiritually. But we need to be sensitive and not allow our garments to be sold. Sensitive that we are God's chosen people. And that's why we always pray for a spirit of discernment. Sensitive that because we are God's children, there will be times of temptation. That happened with our Lord Jesus Christ. He had fasted for what? 40 days. And the Bible says he was hungry. But he was also very sensitive to the fact that at this point in time, he will be tempted. And for some of us, there are times when we'll be hungry. Not physically hungry. I'm talking about, you know, we might be weak due to whatever situation. But we still need to be very sensitive because it's the time when we're down that's when the enemy is up to something. So we need to be sensitive. You see, as a believer, being set, be, we're having a white garment places a demand on our lives. That we need to walk in the light of God who has called us. It's also a call to be consistent. And this is one that a lot of believers struggle with. I included. We struggle with it from time to time. You need to be consistent in the way you live your life. We're not just believers on Sundays or Fridays or Wednesdays. We're believers every single day. Even when we're sleeping, we're believers. Amen? So we need to continuously clothe ourselves with that white garment. And this garment covers every aspect of our lives. As a, as a believer, you're wearing a white garment. As a wife, you're wearing a white garment. As a mother, you're wearing a white garment. As a father, as a husband... As a worker. So whatever it is, whatever post, whatever role you're holding, 
you are wearing a white garment, spiritually speaking. And that's why you cannot be, you can't say, oh, wow, okay, on, on, on Sunday alone. Once I, once I leave church on Sunday, I can, you know, I can do whatever I want. Because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. Amen? You see, there's a man called Daniel. What did he do? He was consistent. He refused to eat the food of the, of the king. And he stood by, he stood his ground. And he said, just give, give me, give me um, vegetables to eat. And he continued eating those. And the Bible says that at the end of, was it 21 days? That he was, he was even stronger than the king's um, servants. He was consistent. He didn't say, oh, you know what, bro, I'll bring the banquet and knock crowd. I would eat that. Nobody will see it. And then other days, you know, when people are looking. No. He was consistent. The account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, same thing. We will not bow. Consistency. Amen. Our garment cannot be white in church, but a different color once we get to the marketplace. So even in the market, our garment still has to be white, spiritually speaking. Every single day, a call to consistency. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. A call to consistency is sticking to what you know and not being swayed. Bible says, if it is preached that Christ had been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ had been raised. And if Christ had not been raised, that means our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. But much more than that, that means we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he, had, he, that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not being raised. So what is Paul talking about here? How can we, last month, having celebrated the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, now turn around and say, no, Christ did not rise from the dead. So if he rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, did he rise from the dead 1,000 years ago? Yes. Did he rise from the dead yesterday? Yes, we're consistent because the word of God said he rose 2,000 years ago. So for the time of our lives and the time of the generations that follow, that account will still be the same. Because the word of God never changes and it never loses its potency. It remains the same. 
So Paul is saying here, let us be consistent. Let us stick to what we know. No matter what, even in the face of adversity, Christ is still Lord. And He's still our Father. He's still our provider. He is still our healer. He does not change. And that's why the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Who does not change like shifting shadows? It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God never changes. Hallelujah. Having our garments white also is a call for us to be deliberate and intentional. You and I must be deliberate. There was a guy in the Bible that decided to sell his birthright. Why was that? Because he could not stick to what he believed. The onus is on us, on me, on you, to keep away from anything that will stain us. Every single responsibility is ours because we have the Holy Spirit to help us. A lot of it, we can't do it by ourselves, but with the help of the Holy Spirit. We must be intentional, we must be deliberate. There are places we'll get invited to, and because we know that our garments will be sold there, we have to say no. And that's where sensitivity comes in. That's where the spirit of discernment comes in. We must be intentional about how we live our lives. The choices we make. The places we visit, even the church that we go to, because there are churches with strange doctrines, being deliberate. It's a call for us to live a holy and pure life. You see, white is symbolic of purity, isn't it? So the Bible is calling us to a life that is pure, a life that is holy. Leviticus 19.20 says, records the, the Lord's emphasis on being holy. And it says this word in Hebrew is kadash, which means to be sanctified to be consecrated, to be de de dedicated and separated from the world and its worldliness. And that's why the Bible says that we are in the world, but not of the world. We live in the world, but we need to separate ourselves from the mannerism, from the ways of the world. Because we're unique. Because we're different. Hallelujah. 
Holiness is a life that calls for us to avoid any type of pollution. Our garments must not be stained by filthy passions of our flesh. And we know what those are. Because there is always an enemy. There's an adversary that does not want our garments to be white. You see, Satan and his workers are always at work, day and night. They don't take time off, no vacations. They're on duty 24-7 to ensure that our relationship with God breaks up. To ensure that they, they, there's, there's something that separates us from God. And that's why when we, when we go back to the Garden of Eden, what happened? The minute Adam and Eve ate the apple, the forbidden fruit, what happened? They hid themselves. That was what Satan wanted. Because he knew that the minute he could separate them from God, he had a hold over them. It's important that we keep close. To our Father. You know, the devil would always, you know, that he would always, oh, did God, oh, no, 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 God did not say, oh, did God really say that? And that's the way he operates, very subtly. Because if, if he comes dressed up as, we, as a dragon or whatever it is, we would recognize him really quickly. But one step at a time, baby steps. Oh, you're too tired this morning. You don't need to go to church. Oh, don't bother about that prayer meeting. It's only today. And then one day becomes two. And then three. And it becomes a week. And it becomes a month. And you can't be bothered. How about reading your Bible? Oh, I'm too tired today. Oh, maybe tomorrow. Maybe two days' time. And that's how it happens, one step at a time. We need to be intentional. We need to always be on our guard. We cannot afford to dine with the devil. You know, um, is it Apostle Paul that says, um, let me try and paraphrase this. He said, be careful for those who... Okay, I'm trying to think of the scripture where he says, for those who um, stand, who thinks that they're strong, it's, it, pardon, lest you fall, yeah. So what Apostle Paul was saying there is that... For those of us who think that we, we're strong, we, we can stand. We need to be careful. Because without the help of the Holy Spirit, we will fall. And you know, it just really shakes me every time I read the scripture where he says that even he is the least of all, you know, the disciples. I'm thinking, what? You wrote three quarters of the New Testament. 
And that's why as believers, we can never arrive with God. There is always something. Even if you read a scripture a hundred times, there is always a word in it for each and every one of us. There are times you read and you think, wow, I didn't realize, you know, this is another way God is speaking to me through this scripture. Because God is always speaking. God is always speaking. And the Bible gives insight into how, what sort of things can stay in our garments. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Actually, can we go to Hebrews 12, 14 before that? Hebrews 12, 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see the Lord. So I believe that we all want to see the Lord. So that means that we need to follow peace and we need to follow holiness. And that's why the scripture says, be ye holy as I am holy. That means that God would not ask us to do something that he can, that we cannot do. He is our example. If God can do it, if Jesus can do it, then we can do it. Amen? And with the Holy Spirit, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Because in him, we have strength. We sang that song. In Christ, we have strength. And we have the power. Because he's given us power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and upon all the power of the enemy. Every power that the enemy, we, 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 we have that power to say no. Because we have the Holy Spirit. It's not in our flesh. We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in each and every one of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. So we can perfect holiness. We can perfect holiness in the fear of God, in the reverence of God. It says, let us cleanse ourselves. So that means that when our garments are no longer white, when our garments become off-white or it becomes cream, we can ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse us, cleanse us and wash us. The psalmist says, search me. And see if there be any uncleanliness in me. As we go to God, he will wash us with the soap of his soap. He will restore us back. And that's why the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. But before, he's, before that, the verse before that says, if we say we have no sin, 
we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to what? To cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Every single one. You see, when, when, when our garments are stained, rather than running to God, we tend to run away from God. And that's what Adam and Eve did. They ran away. They hid themselves. Well, how many of us know that there's nowhere we can run from God? So we might as well run towards him. Lord, I've missed it. Have mercy. He has mercy for us every single day. He does not sweep, he does not sweep our sins under the carpet. He says, into the seas of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions. If thou shalt confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. To wash. Amen. So the things that can stain us. See, we, we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. It says, let there be no sex sins, impurity, greed. We talked about greed a few weeks ago. Among you, let no one be able to accuse you of any of these things. Let no one. So that means that it's so important. The sort of people we surround ourselves with. It's so important the sort of things we watch. It's so important the sort of things that we listen to. It's so important the sort of replies that we give. Because there's always an accuser of the brethren. It's there 24-7. Verse 4 talks about, it says, dirty, dirty stories, foul talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, remind each other of God's goodness and be thankful. It says, you can be sure of this. The kingdom of Christ and of God will never belong to anyone who is impure or greedy. Or for a greedy person is really an idol worshiper. I didn't say this. It's in the word of God. He loves and worships good things of this life more than God. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. It doesn't matter. It's only one time. No one would find out. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. I'm sure we hear that. It's not a big deal. You're from the old school. You don't understand. Excusing these things. Don't be fooled by those who excuse these sins. For the terrible wrath of God is upon all those who do them. May that not be our portion in the name of Jesus. 
It says, don't even associate with such people. And that's why we need to be careful who we surround ourselves with. Would there be people that will pull us down or people that would encourage us with the word of God? For though once your heart was full of darkness, now, now, it is full of the light from the Lord. Hallelujah. And your behavior should show it. We were once in darkness, but now we are children of the light. Because God has pulled us out of the mire clay and he has set our feet upon the rock. And that's why the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ our Lord Jesus. We are a different tribe. We are not like them. And through our character, we should be able to win them to Christ. You know, when someone says, you know, there's something different about you. There's something different about you. It is because of Christ that you carry on the inside of you. We are not like them. Because of this light within you, you should do only what is good and right and true. Amen? So it's a call for purity and holiness, a call to abstain, a call to avoid, to stay pure as we receive the grace of God to live the life that he has called us to. We're asked to pursue peace with all men. Avoid the things that would stain our garments. Every single day of our lives we have, we're wearing that white garment. The minute we say, I receive you as Lord and Savior. We have a garment, the garment of righteousness. And the anointing of God that flows from our heads. The second part of that verse says, let your head lack no oil. Every single day. Every single day. Can we have Romans chapter 12 up, verse 1 and 2, in my favorite verse, version? What version is that? The message. Amen. We're called to avoid places that will stain us. Avoid things. And as I round up on that... This is the sum total of everything that I've said today. And this is what I want you to do. On your own? On your own? God helping you. Says take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. You're walking around life. And what? Place it before God as an offering. It says embracing what God does for you 
is the best thing you can do for him. Embracing what God did for you is the best thing. So what did God do for us? He sent his son. He sacrificed his son so that we can be restored back in fellowship with him. That was the ultimate prize. You know, yesterday I was thinking about that and something crossed my mind. It's, uh, you know, when you go shopping, right, and you get a receipt, isn't it? Now, do you know that you have a legal right to return that product and get your money back? But you know, when Christ died for us, there was no receipt. So no back to sender. It was a done deal, once and for all. So Christ, having died for us, you can't now turn around and say, oh, no, 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 he did, uh-uh. I want, to, uh, there's a refund on my part. No, he did it for all. Even for those that nailed him to the cross. There was no return policy on that one. Every single one he did it for. So embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. He says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your what? Attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next one. It says, readily recognize what he wants from you, what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. He said, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. But for God to develop a well-formed maturity in you, you need to spend time with him. You need to get to know him. Amen. And that's what God's wanting us to do. This is the sum total of everything. I mean, if there's any one scripture in the Bible that sums up everything about my life, it is this one. God helping me. I sleep. I eat. I go to work. I go around walking. I go shopping. Everything that I do, he says, place it before God as an offering. So what does that mean? It means everything we do. Say, Lord, I place it in your hands. Help me. Where I am weak, I am made strong in you. I don't know it all. But God knows it all. So I trust that this has been a blessing to somebody this morning. And that the Lord would break it further down to you much more than what I've said. And areas that we need to change, that the Lord God would help us. And that we'll continue to embrace what God does for us on a daily basis. Because we want to honor God. And we want to live out our purpose in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.